This week, we're going to talk about how NOAA and other agencies are working together to create a new national system of marine protected areas. Then we're going to fly over to California to take a brief look at what three marine sanctuaries are up to over there. One of those sanctuaries at Monterey Bay just expanded its boundaries to include a new underwater mountain. We'll take a look at that. That's coming up today on Making Waves from NOAA's National Ocean Service. You know how we have national and state parks, nature reserves, and other types of protected land around the country? Well, we also have similar protected places in our nation's oceans. These special zones are called marine protected areas, and they're found in the open oceans around our land, in coastal areas, in intertidal zones, estuaries, even in the Great Lakes. There are hundreds of these zones. We have marine sanctuaries, monuments, no fishing zones, and state and national parks that include ocean resources, and that's just to name a few. The thing is, all of these individual protected areas were created by separate managing agencies. Some were created by the federal government, some by states, some by local and tribal governments. And each area has separate requirements and levels of protection. What we haven't had until now is a national system to tie all these areas together to work towards common conservation goals. Well, now we do. This plan took many years to develop. It all began with a presidential order back in 2000 to create a national system of marine protected areas. The word national here is important. It means that the system needed to include everyone. It isn't just an Uncle Sam thing. So NOAA's National Marine Protected Area Center led the development of the plan. It's officially called the Framework for the National System of Marine Protected Areas of the U.S. The center drafted the plan on behalf of the Departments of Commerce and Interior, but the final document also includes inputs from coastal states and territories, tribes, federal fishery management councils, and the public. So now that we have this framework, what happens next? Well, NOAA's National Marine Protected Area Center has already inventoried all the protected areas that are already out there to determine which ones are eligible for the national system. Now all those eligible sites need to be nominated. They nominate themselves for inclusion in the national system. And to do that, they have to provide information on how their site contributes to the goals set out in the framework, the National System Conservation Goals. Over time, the framework will also help to identify conservation gaps in our marine areas. In other words, it'll help us figure out where those places are that might need more protection. And this may lead to new marine protected areas to conserve not only our critical species and habitats, but places of cultural importance like shipwrecks and underwater archaeology sites. While the new national system doesn't put new laws and regulations in place, what it does do is set the stage so all of the players who manage these areas can come together. And that way we can all better conserve our marine resources. And why do we need to do this? Well, it's because our oceans are under threat from things like offshore development, overfishing, and climate change. Today we're facing declining fish populations, loss of coral reefs and other vital habitats, and a growing list of rare or endangered species that need our protection. We also risk losing important cultural artifacts and resources that are part of our heritage, and also part of our economy. So the National Marine Protected Area Framework is a big step towards making sure that we protect our ocean heritage. By the way, it's important to note that a protected area doesn't necessarily mean it's off-limits to humans. It simply means that these areas are given greater protection than the surrounding waters. Some areas are off-limits, but most are open to managed fishing and recreational use. If you want to learn more about this, you can visit the Marine Protected Areas Center website. That's www.mpa.gov. A day after the National Framework was introduced, three of NOAA's 14 marine sanctuaries announced new plans of their own to help better protect and manage waters off the central coast of California. 
NOAA's National Marine Sanctuaries are part of the existing network of marine protected areas that are going to make up a big portion of the new national system we just discussed. The new plans from Cordell Bank, Gulf of the Farallones, and Monterey Bay National Marine Sanctuaries represent seven years of study, planning, and public input. They address issues ranging from ecosystem protection to wildlife disturbance and vessel discharge to water quality, non-native species, and coastal development. The plans also include the expansion of the Monterey Bay National Marine Sanctuary by 775 square miles to include the Davidson Seamount. This seamount is one of the largest known underwater mountains in U.S. coastal waters. We're going to talk about it a little bit more in just a minute. So this is just a small taste of what's available. You can download a free copy of these documents from the National Marine Sanctuaries website at sanctuaries.noaa.gov. Now let's take a closer look at the Davidson Seamount, the newest addition to NOAA's National Marine Sanctuary Network. The Davidson Seamount is a huge submerged volcano about 70 miles southwest of Monterey. It rises 7,250 feet above the seafloor. It's really big. If it were on land, it would dominate the landscape. Its length and width, 30 miles long by 12 miles wide, would actually fill up Monterey Bay if it was there, all the way from the Santa Cruz Boardwalk to Fisherman's Wharf. And despite its huge size, it's really deep. If you were to stand on the top of the Davidson Seamount, you'd still be 4,500 feet below the ocean surface. It's so deep that most human activities haven't harmed the seabed and organisms growing on it. Anchoring and trawling usually don't occur below 1,500 feet, and nearshore discharges and disposal occur much farther away along the coastline. That means this cold, dark, and mysterious place is still nearly pristine and untouched by man. That's why it's often called an oasis of the deep, because it's pristine and also because it's teeming with life. It's home to large coral forests, vast sponge fields, crabs, deep-sea fishes, shrimps, basket stars, and a surprisingly high number of rare and unidentified bottom-dwelling species, stuff that's never been seen before. The Office of National Marine Sanctuaries added this underwater oasis to the Monterey Bay Sanctuary to help ensure that it remains intact and to help ensure that it's there for future generations. Well, you know how they say pictures speak louder than words? That's certainly the case for the Davidson Seamount. Visit oceanexplorer.noaa.gov to get a look at some of the creatures living down there. NOAA scientists explored the seamount in 2002 and 2006, and there's lots of great photos, videos, and notes from researchers who've explored the seamount on the NOAA Explorer site. Well, that's all for this week. Don't forget to visit us at oceanservice.noaa.gov. From there, you can read more about the stories featured on this week's podcast. Let's bring in the ocean. This is Making Waves from NOAA's National Ocean Service. See you next time.